Originally, I was going to call this episode setting up your math classroom and come in a little bit cheeky and say that the things you need to set up your math classroom are high expectations, consistency, and relationships. But then as I was planning the actual content of the episode, I realized how much goes into each of these different pieces. So instead of giving you a hour-long podcast, I'm going to break it up into three, and today we're just going to talk about what high expectations are and how to effectively use them in setting up your math classroom. Let's get started. Welcome to Solving for the Undefined podcast. I'm your host, Johanna, founder of Miss Kuiper's Classroom, the place that equips teachers in creating a healthy math classroom where students can thrive, no matter their academic abilities. But it's not always about the numbers, and that's why I'm here, bringing you the formulas to solve your problems, math and otherwise, plus strategies on cultivating that necessary math mindset. And that's what you can count on. Hello, hello. Welcome to episode 42. Now, I know I say this pretty much at the beginning of every podcast episode, but I'm super excited to be talking about what it means to have high expectations. Because a couple of years ago, I received some professional development from my school about we need to have high expectations for our students Because when we have high expectations for our students, it positively correlates to student success. But beyond that, there wasn't a lot of, well, what does having high expectations look like? And then how does those high expectations affect students? How do we portray them to students to show them that they can, in fact, achieve these expectations that we have for them? With those in mind, today's episode is going to be broken down into three sections. What does the research say about high expectations? What those high expectations look like? And how we can live that out in the classroom. Let's talk about the research, my favorite part. Back in 1968, two researchers, Robert Rosenthal and Lenore Jacobson, conducted an experiment with an elementary school where each of the students were given an IQ or intelligence test. Then, from the results, they gave the teachers of the elementary school the names of the students who scored in the top 20%. And with this, they told the teachers that these students were going to be the best or highest achieving within the classes. But, unbeknownst to the teachers, these students were just selected at random. It had nothing to do with their actual test scores. There was no prediction. However, At the end of these eight months, when these students were tested again, the so-called gifted or the ones that were chosen randomly actually significantly performed better than the rest of them. This idea where high expectations lead to an improved performance is called the Pygmalion effect or the Rosenthal effect. This Pygmalion effect relates back to episode 17 where I talked about growth mindset. We talked about a study done by Carol Dweck, and it's kind of the flip side of what Rosenthal and Jacobson did. In her study, she followed two groups of teachers, teachers who had a fixed mindset and teachers who had a growth mindset, or this would be synonymous with the high expectations. And she found that the teachers who had that fixed ability, the students were at the same level from the beginning of the year to the end of the year. Meaning the students who had good grades had good grades at the end, or the students who had low achievement had low achievement at the end of the year. But with the teachers who taught with a growth mindset, 
it didn't matter where the students began because all of them showed growth and developed more understanding throughout the school year. And to round off the research portion, I wanted to find a study that looked at the student's perspective of these high expectations, and I found one. So this research was done by a group of people, Nancy Flowers, Stephen Mertens, and Peter Mulhall, and they found something very interesting. So students tend to have higher expectations for their long-term success than they do for their short-term success or the right now kind of success. And with that, students' perceptions of their teachers' expectations for their success were lower than teachers' self-professed expectations for their students. So with that in mind, moving into our next section, what should our high expectations look like for our students? And the first thing I want to say is it's more than just teaching growth mindset. I think a lot of teachers tend to maybe put it as more effort-based than actually truly changing the way your brain is structured. And this video that I will link in the description as well as the show notes on my website puts a very good illustration to it. You know the saying that it's like riding a bike, meaning that your brain already understands it. So even if you go a long time without doing it, your brain will immediately snap back and understand how to do it. So this guy found a bike where instead of when you turn the handle to the right going right, it turned the bike to the left. And when you turn the handlebars to the left, it turns the bike to the right. And he wanted to see how long would it take for his brain to adapt to riding this bike. And it took him months, a very long time of practicing every single day to get his brain to understand this bike after riding a normal bike. And what's even more fascinating is after he trained his brain to ride this bike, where if he turned left, it would go right, or if he turned right, it would go left, trying to ride a normal bike was extremely challenging. It took him almost the same amount of time to be able to go back to that old way of the normal bike, where you turn left, it goes left, where you turn right, it goes right but then it snapped back into place. It takes time for your brain to change those neural pathways within your brain. So some of the high expectations that I have for my students are everyone can learn, everyone can be successful at math, everyone is a math person, and we all can do challenging things. But I could say those and say those, but my students won't truly believe that until I show them that I believe it's true. And the first way is conveying confidence. This is something I talk about back in episode 38 about powerful phrases for a positive impact. So go back and listen to that episode if you haven't already about phrases that you can use in your classroom that would convey confidence in your students' abilities. I'm interrupting today's episode to ask you a vital question. Do you have the tools in your classroom for student success? Well, wonder no more because I have a way for you to check your work. My new guide, Seven Math Teacher Must Haves for Student Success, has the top seven items you need in your classroom. From classroom staples to manipulatives that are often missed, 
This checklist will ensure that your students have a successful school year. Additionally, each item shows the best budget and splurge options. Download your guide after listening to today's episode by going to misskypersclassroom.com slash must-haves. Another one is make sure you give timely and specific feedback. I know this one kind of sounds weird for how you can have high expectations for your students, but small wins will push us forward. There was an example about how Fitbits or Apple Watches will give you motivation throughout the day or share your wins. Like, hey, you closed one circle yesterday. I bet you can do all three today. Showing you that yesterday you had a win. Now let's take it a step further. And growth isn't always linear. So sometimes when we have periods of stagnation or plateaus, it's just part of the natural growing process and it doesn't affect the ability to continue to grow in the future. So when we give timely and specific feedback to students, we're showing them what their wins are and what their next small incremental steps can be to continue to progress forward. And even if you have students who are the top students or who are strong, you can still provide effective feedback that's going to push them forward. And that's something I'll talk about in a future episode. I believe episode 44 will be on this. Another way you can set high expectations for your students is the Goldilocks principle. So in order for students to feel motivated, they need to feel that the task is attainable but also challenges them. You don't want it to be too easy or too hard. And this is where we talked about last week about cognitive demand. It needs to be present in order to have students fully using their brain to work through a problem, but not so much that it's unattainable for them to achieve it. Hence the name Goldilocks Principle. Also, we want to make sure that students understand that learning isn't a competition. I like the analogy of popcorn. Everyone pops at a different time. So just because you don't understand it right now doesn't mean you're never going to understand it. It's about reflecting on what you know and then working on those incremental steps to get towards that mastery of whatever it is. And along the way, we want to make sure that we're providing support. So goals and expectations provide students with a target without these steps that we can provide them, they aren't going to be able to hit the target. So some ways that we can provide support is, of course, using scaffolds and differentiation, but we also want to use a variety of different things within our classroom. Math centers can be a really good way to provide variety within your classroom, or you can just make sure that you every day or every couple of days are providing different things. So maybe one day is all about movement. So you're using some kinesthetic things to help students understand. Maybe the next day you're doing a project, so some project-based learning. You want to make sure that you're providing different avenues for students to be able to find their in into the knowledge. Within this variety, you also can provide choice. So giving students the power to make their own decisions, whether it's, hey, I have this in a print or digital activity, you get to choose which one you want to do. Or sometimes I will have maybe like on a review day, I'll have different activities for different topics. And then students can self-regulate that reflection piece 
and figure out, hmm, which topic do I need more practice on? And I can use this activity to do that. A lot of the stuff that I've mentioned in today's episode is stuff that we already do as teachers. We're just now labeling it as something that we do to give students high expectations, which will help them overall achieve greater and better things throughout the school year. So in summary, when we believe students can achieve great things and show students how to achieve those great things, students will be able to then achieve those great things. And with that, I'll calculate her. Thank you so much for tuning into today's episode. To find all the links and resources to things talked about in this episode, head on over to MissKuypersClassroom.com and click on podcast.